Welcome to this bite-sized edition of On the Whistle. I'm your host, Zane Nabi. With me, I've got our associate producer, Alistair Howarth. Alistair has been watching the uh, Women's uh, CAF Champions League final, the inaugural event that was won by Mamelodi Sundowns. And today, he's going to give you his key takeaways. Um, Alistair, tell us about the final between Sundowns and Hasaka's ladies in Cairo. What were the key takeaways from the final? Yeah, uh, I think it was a really good final and a really good way to, to kind of end the tournament. It didn't have the kind of excitement and the drama that the semifinals had. Um, both the semifinals were incredibly tight affairs and uh, ended in really dramatic fashion. Um, uh, but it, then in this match, it really was a kind of Mamelodi Sundowns really flexing their muscles and kind of showing that they really are the dominant side in Africa. Um, right from the start, you know, they pressed really high. They really didn't let Hasaka's ladies get out at all. They didn't let any of their kind of star players kind of get on the ball and attack them in dangerous areas. And and they showed some of the attacking flair that they've kind of been missing throughout the tournament. Um, in the preview, we were talking about how they'd kept clean sheets throughout the tournament. They really struggled for goals. They'd only scored two, um, but they, they got the two today and they, and they were both excellent goals. Look them up if, if you haven't seen them because they're really great team goals, kind of really classy passing movements. Um, yeah, so I think in terms of the, the game itself, it was it was really good, but uh, it really was kind of Mamelodi Sundowns showing the gap that's kind of between between some of the others and them in in Africa. When we look at finals, we look at individuals to stand out. Evelyn Badu for Hasaka's ladies, she won the Golden Boot for the tournament. I'm led to believe that Mamelodi Sundowns are trying to sign her now. Talk to me about some of the key players in that final. Yeah, I think, you know, in the in our preview pod last week, we talked uh, about some of the players um, and we brought up uh, Chuane Pre- uh, Precious Marifi, the, the Mamelodi Sundowns wing back. Um, and she was outstanding again today. She scored the first goal with a lovely tap-in finish, uh, a really classy flick from her foot. Um, but again, kind of displaying the thing, the traits that she has, just kind of up and down, up and down the pitch, providing the width was excellent. But the the, the player of the match and really the standout was, and forgive me for my pronunciation, South Africans, Andesiwe Mkoi, because um, she got she got the assist for from Marifi's goal. She scored the the second, and she was she was excellent. Um, she's really struggled throughout the tournament. Uh, kind of as one of their forward players, she she hasn't she hadn't scored. She hadn't created much. Um, and and you could just see the relief uh, when she scored. I mean, uh, watching the the post match interview with her, she couldn't even do the interview because she was just so she was in tears, just overwhelmed, and it was so much relief. She was talking about it. Their coach Jerry Shabalala was talking about it. How like how much it meant to her and the team that she was the one who scored. But she was superb. Um, yeah, and kind of from from the Hasaka's ladies' perspective, you know, they they defended resolutely. Captain Agir put, put in another great performance. Um, but but they just couldn't get going. You know, their players like Badu and Boadua, who'd been superb in the semifinals and previous, just really, yeah, they, they couldn't get anything. The Sundowns just defensively, uh, kind of the defense marshaled by Mglapo and uh, Dlamini and Gold, they were just superb. Just And, you know, it's testament to the fact that they, they played five games, conceded zero. You know, excellent, excellent stuff from them. The women's final has taken place. It's so important that this tournament was held. The fact that we're talking about this on this podcast shows you what publicity does for the women's game in Africa. The fact that there's visibility, the fact that there's a platform to view it on. What next for the women's game as as you reflect on this tournament, Alistair? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you you kind of mentioned it earlier with with, 
uh, Badu kind of being connected with Sundowns already. Um, you know, that's that's what this is, you know, about so much for these players is it's giving them a platform um, to show their talent. And, you know, they've been given the platform, they've shown their talent. Uh, and it kind of from their perspective, it's where they can move on from now. You know, loads of players have talked about their ambitions to play in some of the biggest leagues in Europe um, and North America. And, and now they've had this platform to actually show it. Um, so I think we'll, time will tell to see if, if, you know, we see that movement of players because now they're getting the kind of platform they need. Um, but that, that's really exciting for them. I mean, from, from the Kenyan perspective, we've already seen some players like Shakangwa uh, and Teresa Ngesha and Awar, Keeper, like uh, all be connected with, you know, different clubs on the continent and outside it. And yeah, like we were saying, Badu's kind of gets the player of the tournament, golden boot, and off she goes to sundowns potentially. <laughs> so um yeah, that's really great. I think from the club's perspective as well, is it's, you know, having a kind of, I guess, keystone tournament like this is so important for building the professional sport um, because ultimately that's the gap that exists between women's and men's football and African football. It's that, and, and to be fair, the rest of the world is that professionalization, um, the kind of getting to that elite, that elite status. And I know um, in, in a couple interviews, the Hasakas Ladies CEO, Evelyn Ansare, was talking about how like different investors have come into to the club now and are looking to support them and how they're already building the, the club. From, from my perspective as a Kenyan, um, Vihiga uh, Queens, they're the county governor of Vihiga has already pledged to, to um, build a stadium for the Vihiga Queens and a couple other of the men's teams that play in the, the top and second uh, division there. Because, you know, the Vihiga Queens are a team that, that represented not only Kenya, but East Africa, and they've been to this tournament, but, you know, they don't have a home stadium. They don't have somewhere, you know, they don't play in their own home county. They have to play in a different city. Um, so I think that's, you know, we're already seeing just weeks after the kind of progress that's being made for these clubs. But I think that's the kind of big takeaway for the clubs is can can they make that next step step of professionalizing domestically and building really, really competitive kind of long term uh, competition on the continent. The men's game has the Club World Cup. Some deride it, some love it, depending where you sit, whether you're in one of the rich European leagues or not. Do you think we're at a stage where we should be talking about a woman's equivalent to that tournament or are the teams in Europe and North America just too dominant? That's a good question. Um, I think I think in terms of the World Club World Cup, there we're maybe a step behind that. Um, sorry, I know in, in Asia, they, they're still stepping up progress and building a tournament. They've had a couple pilots um, for club tournaments. And so maybe not all the regions are quite there, but I think for those that have the competitions, you know, I think the, the Feminine Libertadores is going on right now or has been going on in South America. And, you know, we've seen how the, the, the UEFA Champions League has expanded this year and has kind of gone into a proper group stage format like the men's in, in Europe. I, I think absolutely, like, they should compete. They should have, have these games. If the men have it, you know, in the men's game, all we always hear about is the gap between you know, Europe and the rest of uh, the rest of the world. So that for me, yeah, it's not an excuse to bring them together because I know that these competitions can be can be really great. Again, you know, f especially for these clubs that are coming from different continents and are looking for that platform. I mean, we saw it last year in the men's with how how big it was for Alakli to kind of get the bronze medal and play well against Bayern, beat Palmeiras. You know, like these are games we'd never ever get. Um, so absolutely, I mean, I would love to see Sundowns kind of going up against. You know, maybe not Barcelona because they're they're an unbelievable side. But yeah, to to see some to see them go up against some of these these clubs around the uh, around the world, I think it'd be really great for the game. 
Alistair Howarth, thank you for that insight. Always good to have you as our man on the beat watching it. Now, for those out there watching, do you think there should be a Club Women's World Cup? Or if you think Badu should go to Sundowns, whatever it might be, whatever caught your attention during this conversation, hit us up on our social media accounts. That's OTW underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter, or find us on Facebook at On The Whistle Podcast. And of course, if you're consuming this on any of our platforms, whether it's Acast, Google Pods, Apple, please subscribe, please leave a rating and a review. Um, if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. All of this helps people find the show. But for now, we bid you farewell. And Alistair, thank you for joining us as per normal. Mm-hmm.